Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. Hello, and welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. Today, I am going to be chatting to you about all things client retention and getting your clients to rebook the golden question that I'm asked a lot. I did another episode on the podcast recently about getting new clients. And this is something I'm probably asked more often about. uh, How do I get new clients? How do I get new clients? How do I get new clients? How do I get new clients for my staff? Et cetera, et cetera. And the more important question you should be asking is actually, how do I get my clients to keep coming back? Because if your clients are coming back, you're not going to need to find a constant stream of new clients all of the time. You're not going to be stressed about having to post on socials and, and you know, doing referral cards and word of mouth and, you know, pushing your staff to, you know, take photos of their work and things like that. You're going to be less stressed all around because you, you'll have pre-booked appointments into the future and it's easy to predict cash flow and things like that. And it just makes business a whole lot more simple. So what I'm talking about today is your client experience and getting people coming back. And, you know, people will occasionally ask me for tips on rebooking. And, you know, what I try and instill in my team and my coaching clients is that It's not just the rebooking part of the service that matters. It's the whole thing. So first of all, I mean, communication is vital. And if your communication with your clients is not up to scratch, if your team's communication with your clients is not up to scratch, they're not going to rebook. So I'm going to start from the top. First impressions matter. So The first touch point with your business is likely to be your social media. Social media, or maybe they found you on Google and they went to your website. So these two things, your online presence, in other words, need to be schmick. They need to communicate what you do in an easy to understand way. And you need to outline, you know, exactly what your offering is for your clients so that they have a clear understanding of what to expect. You can have photos of your space or videos of your space and your team, yourself. You can have a little bit of a backstory about your business or yourself and your team. Anything so that they get a little bit of a understanding about what to expect from the beginning. Now, when they also contact you by phone or they might walk into your business. I know this is like an old school type of first touch point for your business nowadays because people are just mainly checking everybody out online before they physically walk into a business. But yeah, they will actually look at your online stuff. But if they do come into the salon to talk to you or you know your staff, your staff need to be well first on what to talk about to them. So answering questions, you might want to have a couple of little scripts that are put up behind the reception counter. And for example, I have a a few of our policies, our booking policies, you know, so if people are asking questions about booking a full set or, you know, a longer type appointment that we charge booking fees on, 
I will actually have a little spiel put behind the reception counter. So all of my team give the same information to each and every client that walks through the door about our booking policy and, you know, how much time they have to reschedule or cancel an appointment, you know, without losing their booking fee, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, they need to be well-versed on the treatments that you offer, how much they are, the differences between your services. They need to know products. Basically, if someone walks in, it's the first impression that they're having with your business and you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to products or, you know, what your offering is or what your prices are. If you don't seem confident, if you're not looking someone in the eye when you're talking to them, they're going to feel uneasy and they might choose another business over yours. So that first point of communication needs to be like it needs to be flawless, really, because first impressions matter. So the second touch point will be when they actually arrive at your business for their appointment. So they need to be greeted with a smile, genuine smiles and happiness to see them. For example, if you don't look up from what you're doing and you're sitting behind a counter, that's not a first great impression. If you leave them standing at the counter while you are out the back finishing your lunch or you're having a conversation with somebody else on the phone or somebody else that's out the back with you, or you stay in the room with your client and you don't come out and greet them and you haven't got any sort of communication up letting them know that if they have an appointment, they can just take a seat and you'll be with them shortly. It's not a great impression. So, People need to be greeted as soon as they walk in. They need to be acknowledged. I have an open air salon, so it's easy for us to acknowledge everyone that walks in, even if my receptionist's not sitting at the counter at the time. So we acknowledge them straight away. We make sure that we know that they're there and that we're not going to be long. Um, and then, yeah, when you do formally greet them, always ask their name. I like to say, how can I help you? It's just a nice open question because not everyone that walks through your doors is coming in for an appointment as well. So if you say to people, like if your stock standard thing when people walk in is, do you have an appointment? Some people might feel a little bit out of place or caught off guard if they don't have an appointment with you. I actually witnessed this in a salon I used to work in. Um, most of the girls there, that was their standard thing. When someone walked through the doors, they would just all bark out, do you have an appointment? And <laughs> the one lady one day actually was like, no, but am I allowed to be in here if I don't? And <laughs> yeah, I thought, wow, yeah, that's a really bad way of actually, you know, asking someone if they need help. So I always uh, teach my team and for myself as well, I always say, how can I help you? So Always get their name as well. I have had incidences in the past where, and this is in my own salon as well, um, and this is why I actually, you know, wrote a lot of policies around communication and started training on this is because, you know, we'd be so busy, someone would walk in the door, we'd acknowledge them, say, oh, we'd be there with you soon. You know, a couple of minutes later, we'd get up, say, oh, yeah, not going to be far off, and then come back to get them. And it's a completely different person than what was meant to be there. They, you know, thought they had an appointment that day, but they've showed up on the wrong day or something like that. And, you know, it was awkward and weird and, you know, not a good experience for that person because they actually sat there and wasted their time for, you know, five, 10 minutes waiting for us, but they didn't even have an appointment that day. So always ask the person's name and make sure you're looking at your booking system so that 
that person's really them. I actually have had team members take through the wrong clients as well. <laughs> you know, and 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 done a service and then they've gone, "Oh, I meant to be getting my lash tint too." And my staff's gone, "Well, oh, you weren't booked in for it." "Oh, I thought I, I'm pretty sure I did book in for it." And then after they've gone, you know, we've realized that that person that they've done the service on was actually somebody else. So, all this was years ago, like I said, before I realized I needed policies around this and procedures. So, you know, always ask the person's name, you know, what they're booked in for and just, you know, you can read it back to them and confirm who they're booked in with and let them know that the team member or yourself won't be too far off. So also, you know, going beyond communication, first impressions matter for the way your space looks. So, you know, the entry needs to be good. I'm a stickler for fingerprints or marks on glass. So I am forever cleaning my front door. My staff are forever cleaning my front door to my salon because they know that I want us to look as good as possible at all times. And I don't know why, but people open glass doors with their hand on the glass and they don't use the door handle, which is really irritating for me. (laughs) So um, there's always fingerprints on my door, which is so annoying, but we're always cleaning them off because I don't want my salon to look like we are a bunch of dirty people that aren't uh, hygienic. So first impressions matter. Floor is always swept, vacuumed. The waiting area is always immaculate. Everything is cleaned multiple times a day. The reception counter is wiped multiple times a day. And I have procedures for each of my team members, you know, for cleaning their area and their beds and their their stations between each client. And even when a client hops up at the end of the service, all of their stuff is to be put away um, so that it doesn't look dirty or messy. So those impressions matter too. Consider smell as well. I recently just had an industrial exhaust fan installed in my salon when we refit it late last year because I don't want food smells at lunchtime hanging around into the afternoon. It's not the most pleasant thing to walk into a salon and, you know, you can smell curry that someone's heated up for lunch (laughs) Um, or anything else. So, you know, not really the impression I want to give. So, you know, if if you do have, you know, staff or yourself that reheats sort of smelly food at lunchtime, always try and open a window. We don't have any opening windows in, in um, my salon space, but I did take measures to put in a very expensive exhaust fan. And yeah, we usually use like an oil diffuser and things like that and um, like room sprays and things so that the salon always smells really, really nice. So, that first impression, the greeting, the way that the salon actually looks and the way that it smells is a very, 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 very big part of, you know, whether your clients are going to have a good experience in your salon and, you know, whether you've made that really good first impression. You also need to make sure all parts of your communication with your client are on point. So the way that they're greeted by your team. So You've probably greeted them or your staff's greeted them when they've walked in the front door or your receptionist. And then when the service provider actually comes to collect them from the waiting area and take them to the treatment room or the treatment area, they need to be greeted again. They need to be greeted by name. If they don't know how to pronounce that person's name, check. It's so much easier just doing it in the beginning 
then never saying that person's name ever. And then, you know, six months down the track, you might have to say it to them and you say it wrong. <laughs> so I always usually, I just rip the bandaid off and I'll, I'll be like, oh, hey, um, I, one of my, one of my m- beautiful clients, I think the first time she came in, I thought, I do not know how to pronounce this lady's name. I'm just going to be out with it straight away. When I walked over, she'd already been greeted by my team, but I walked over to her and I said, now, look, I know that I'm going to get this wrong. So just tell me now, how do you pronounce your first name? And she told me, I said, excellent. No worries. We're all, we're right now. We're good to go. And she really appreciated that I checked and, you know, she's still a client, you know, six years later. So it's those little things that mean a lot, but yeah, The way you take people through to the treatment area, you know, don't rush them. Make sure you introduce yourself properly. Look them in the eye. Always confirm with them what they're having because, like I said, you might have one of those awkward situations where they are booked in for something different or you've got the wrong person or whatever. Confirm with them what they're getting. Um, Show them where to put their things. You know, run through all of that sort of stuff. The more instructions you can give, the more comfortable people feel. And look them in the eye look them in the eye, please. There's nothing worse than someone who's talking at you that's not looking at you. It's super awkward and it can give the impression that you don't care and that you're just trying to rush through and, you know, get them in and out the door as soon as possible. And you really don't want to give your clients that impression. The conversation on the bed or, you know, in the chair, depending what services you're doing, you know, focus on them, you know, ask questions about them. No one wants to hear all about you unless they're asking questions of you, you know, your life and and things that you've done and things like that. That's fine to share, but don't just start talking about what you're doing on the weekend and things when you haven't even asked them what they're doing. It just is a bit, I don't know, self-centered. And, you know, the more that you can talk about your client and, you know, show interest in their life and, and what they're goals and aspirations and dreams and things are, the more likely they are to form a bond with you early on. And the way I do this is just by asking lots of open-ended questions. And look, honestly, most of the time I actually am interested. I like talking to people. I don't know if you could tell I'm I'm sitting here on this podcast talking to no one really. But um, yeah, I like talking to people. I like hearing about different people's lives. You know, in my career as a beauty therapist, I've met so many thousands of different people that, you know, I've treated over the years and I just hear the best stories and, and I and and I am interested in their lives and I do care. Um I've talked about before, you know, I'm a people pleaser. So You know, I like to make people feel good in my presence and that's why I have been able to easily grow, you know, a really full clientele over the years. I don't, I've never struggled to get people booking back in, but it wasn't until I had a team where I realized that I actually had to teach what I do naturally, what comes naturally for me. And, you know, this, this might come naturally to other people as well, but I can tell you now it doesn't come naturally to everybody. So, this is why I started writing policies and procedures and, you know, training my team in, in communication, like I mentioned earlier. But um, yeah, the conversation needs to be focused on them. What's important to them, what their goal is for the treatment, ask them lots of questions. The more rapport you can build with someone, the more comfortable they're going to feel, you know, perhaps giving you negative feedback if they don't like what you've done. I would way rather have someone tell me on the day that they didn't like their brows 
and gave me the opportunity to fix them right there and then and then leaving my business happy, then me not talking to them, they feel uncomfortable, they don't feel like they can say anything at the end even though they're not happy and then they leave my salon, walk out the door and never return. And, you know, they might go and tell, I think, what's that statistic? I think if you have a good experience, you tell four people. If you have a bad one, you tell 11. I don't know where I've got that from. I've plucked that from the depths of my brain, but I'm sure if I go and search that later, it is true. I think 11 people, you'll normally tell if you had a bad experience somewhere compared to only four for a good experience. So I would way rather make people feel good, feel comfortable with me enough to say, actually, Lauren, you've made my brows a little bit too thick. Can you take a little bit off? Or you know, normally there's more hair taken out of this section. Can you take those out? Or they're way too dark. Can you fade them down? I would way rather someone give me that feedback on the day than not say anything, leave and never come back. Also too, you just need to be aware of conversations that are happening in your salon around you. I mentioned earlier, I have an open air salon. So there are quite a lot of conversations happening at once. So Sometimes you need to be aware of other conversations that may not be appropriate for the salon floor. So that's something you may need to coach your team on as well. If you have an open space or, you know, rooms where things are overheard in between the walls. So, you know, swearing and things like that, talking about going out on the weekend and getting really drunk or whatever, or, you know, who they picked up on the weekend or whatever, you know, those conversations that young girls tend to have. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, but not all clients in your salon may be appreciative of that sort of stuff. So maybe having like some rough guidelines around, you know, what topics are appropriate and what are not. And dealing with negative feedback too. Some of my best clients are people that complained in the beginning and I went above and beyond to exceed their expectations and they have just become clients for life. So The way that you deal with negative feedback says a lot about a person. I tend to always go with the customer is right most of the time. (laughs) I'm a people pleaser, like I said, and I really think that if you do have a high-end luxury salon that you are charging premium prices for your services for, you do need to go that extra mile for people. Now, I'm not saying go beyond your boundaries, bend over backwards for people, you know, pander to all your clients, every want and need. Um, You know, you certainly got to have boundaries and uphold them to sort of maintain a healthy balance within your business. But at the same time, you know, if someone does have a complaint or whatever, I'm going to try and do whatever I can with, within my power to make them happy because usually those clients that do feel comfortable in giving feedback and then you going above and beyond to, you know, fix the problem and exceed their expectations, they end up coming back to you for years to come. So the way you deal with negative feedback is very, very important. You know, don't get defensive. Don't take it personally. It is not a personal attack on you. We are service providers. And we're here to provide a service to our clients and make them happy. So, you know, if someone says they don't like their lashes or they don't like their brows, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about the way they like them to look. And if you haven't delivered, if you haven't consulted properly at the beginning, um, you know, you haven't had that good communication, 
you haven't built that rapport during the appointment, they're not going to feel comfortable giving you that feedback. But the way you deal with it is everything. So within reason, I always try and fix it straight away, even if I run late or I'll get them to come back ASAP. So don't take it personally. That is my biggest rule. You know, just do what you can to make that person happy at the time. You know, some people you're never going to make happy, unfortunately. There's always those people out there. There's people that are never going to be happy no matter what you do. You know, they might have their own issues they're dealing with. And that's, I always try to see it from the other person's side as well. Certainly over the years with my team, people have received negative feedback, you know, to their face and they haven't coped well with it at all. You know, and I've really had to sit down and say, look, you are amazing at what you do. 99 out of 100 clients are happy with your work and just one today wasn't and this has reduced you to tears. Yes, it's a hit to the ego, but that person might have issues. They might have, you know, dysmorphic issues or things like that. They may have other things going on in their life. It's not about you. So important to remember that and deal with negative feedback in a really good way. Now, checking your client out, giving them aftercare. Don't skip over this. Teach your team to not skip over this. It is very important. It saves a lot of problems down the track. Complaints, again, you know, when people don't know how to look after whatever they've just had done, whether it be brow tattooing or lip tattooing or, you know, brow laminations, lashes, whatever it may be. If they don't know how to look after this and, you know, it their tattoo fades prematurely or, you know, their lashes all fall out because they were using a certain product or, or whatever, these are problems that could have been avoided just with good communication and, you know, giving the proper aftercare afterwards. You need to recommend retail as well. Um, so if you have complementary products, make sure that you are offering them, especially if they're going to protect their investment or extend the life of whatever it is that they got from you. People, you know, when they're spending money, they're likely to spend more at the end. Why do you think at, at the supermarket, you know, there's, there's all those little bits and pieces at the checkout? You know, it's because when people are already spending money, they know they have to pay for something, they're likely to spend more. So very easy to make retail recommendations at the end and always, always, always rebooking. You have to ask. There are people actually out there. I've had someone say to me before, oh, I didn't rebook last time because the girl that I had didn't ask me and I didn't think she wanted me to come back. Like that's actually how some people think. So you always have to ask. You're the professional. Your team are the professionals. Uh, Make a recommendation of how long they need to wait between appointments. Give your advice and ask them to book back in. You're coming from a good place of good customer service. I just like to think that I'm helping people when I'm getting them to rebook in. You know, people know that it's hard to get an appointment with me. And in general, it's hard to get an appointment at my salon. So, you know, if they want late night or they want later in the week with a particular person, they know that they need to book three or four appointments in advance, sometimes more. So always, always ask to rebook. But everything that happens prior to asking is important as well. Almost more important than asking that question at the end. And little tip, I don't like to say the word rebook. I like to phrase it in a much different way. You know, I'll always be like, okay, Lauren, I've just noticed I haven't got your next one in. Did you want me to pop that in for you now? Easy done. I haven't said the word rebook. I think that it's kind of a negative word. People get scared off. 
So I always, always phrase it in a different way. And I think if you're asking people to read book or your team's asking people to read book, maybe work on them a little bit with it and get them to phrase it differently and see how that changes your rebooking rate. Your team have to be able to nail every touch point. So all of the communication needs to be good. The way that they talk to people, the way that they're greeted, the way that they're sold to, the way that they're asked to rebook, it all goes into an amazing client experience. And it makes all the difference in whether they're going to say yes or no when they're asked. So rebooking is such a small thing um, when you think about tips to rebook, but really the overall client experience is what changes their mind as to whether they are going to keep coming back to this place or whether they're going to try somewhere else. So I actually created a full training It's called Retaining Your Clients, and I actually give this away for free with my 12-week coaching program, Salon Goals, which is opening soon. So if you are interested in having a training that you can just refer back to and, you know, go through with your team members, I actually go through Retaining Your Clients twice a year, every year with my team because it is so important. So I give this away for free. For all Salon Goals students, I'm opening the doors next week. And yeah, if you are interested, make sure you send me a DM just on Instagram. So my handle is at Lauren Lappin underscore. Otherwise, you can head to my website and read all about Salon Goals. So my website is www.laurenlappin.com.au. But that is all I've got for you today. I will see you online soon.